Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, yo, Rush Nation. Murph here, back once again. Day two of Free Agency Frenzy. And after the success of yesterday's show, back by popular demand, Lee, you are back in the house. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Happy to be back. There's a lot yeah. to talk about today. <laughs> Yeah, so we were just talking. There's been 47 deals that have been done since we put this out yesterday, um, which is quite a considerable amount. We probably won't touch on all of them as some of them are, I don't want to be rude, some of them are a bit insignificant. Um, But it has been a a crazy day, and it's been fair to say it's been led by the news of uh, one future Hall of Fame quarterback. (laughs) I love the fact that the top bit of news... Uh, among all the signings today is someone saying he's not signing someone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So if, if you've been living under uh, a rock and uh, in self-isolation or you've turned off all your digital devices, uh, the news has come out that Tom Brady is officially leaving the New England Patriots. He has left. Uh, his deal has expired and he will not be returning. He will not sign a new deal. He had a conversation with Robert Kraft yesterday informing the team that he will not sign a new deal with um, the New England Patriots, meaning that he will be playing for a brand new team in in 2020. Um, I mean, I was stunned by this personally, as I always thought, and I even said it on here yesterday, that that's where he would go back to. So the fact he's leaving is uh, for me a huge shock for others I know they've been kind of expecting this news for for quite a while 
Yeah, I mean, these podcasts age real quickly, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Real quick. I mean, yeah, it's it's shocking, but at the same time, it feels like it's not shocking because we've known for such a long time that it's a possibility, and like he's kind of been putting the signs out there that obviously there is a real possibility that this happened. I think, I mean, I know certainly for myself, I, I still sort of deep down believe that he would be back. But as we said yesterday, it's almost a shame to see him go somewhere else because you just don't like just to see uh, you know such a high-profile player in the game end their career somewhere else. But I, I would be lying if I didn't say I was sitting at my desk today when this news came through trying to act very professional whilst jumping around like a small child inside at the thought of him not being in the AFC East. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think... It, you know, as you said, it wasn't out of the realms of possibility. I don't know if, you know, I say I'm shocked. I'm shocked in the sense of I didn't think it would happen, but I wouldn't certainly have put it outside the realms of possibilities. It's not like the Andrew Luck getting a, a tweet at 2.30 in the morning <laughs> while I'm on a night feed, seeing that Andrew Luck has retired. That, for me, was a complete shock. This was yeah, shock, I guess not surprise. Um, yeah. I guess we should probably, before we talk about landing spots let's fill in we were talking about yesterday some of the, the the carousel and the carousel seems to have been plugged in uh a little bit today with um some surprises so we know that we we know that Dak has got the what we now know is exclusive franchise tag which means he's gonna be playing on 33 million dollars next year um we understand although not official so we need to be a bit careful <clears throat> that um, Philip Rivers is going is in talks with the Colts and that things are progressing nicely. Their deal has not been agreed, um, so but it looks in, in all likelihood that is going to get done. The Bears have then let Chase Daniel leave, and as a result, he has signed a deal to go with the Lions. I don't assume he's going to challenge Matt Stafford for the starting job, but if Stafford gets injured, at least they have someone who's perhaps quote-unquote, more competent at the quarterback position than um, who, you know, David Blau and whoever else they threw out there last year uh, towards the end of the season. And then we had Drew Brees officially ink his new deal, two-year, $50 million with the Saints, which is no surprise. But then we did get a shock with the Panthers uh, and what's going on with their quarterback situation. Yeah, so, I mean, when that, when the news came through, it, it kind of... Tr- came out first that the Panthers were going to allow Cam Newton to, it was very interestingly worded um, that they agreed to let Cam seek a trade. And then Cam Newton was very quick to actually respond to the official Panthers tweet with a message saying he wasn't looking for a, tw- looking for a trade, that this is just a situation that has sort of panned out and that he's able to look for a trade he's going to, but like that he wasn't, it was very clear he wasn't forcing the issue and that he had intended on being in Carolina. So that was interesting. But then the, the news kind of came out very quickly that they were deep in talks with Teddy Bridgewater to be their starting quarterback going forwards. Yeah, and it looks like that deal is uh, agreed in principle. So again, it's not officially signed, but it looks like that is going to be done. It's a three-year, $60 million deal with the Panthers. So... It looks like they have moved on. Teddy Bridgewater comes off the carousel. He lands himself a spot, which is 
uh, a little surprising. It also makes the draft picture a little bit more clear. Another bit of news is that Marcus Mariota last night inked a deal to go to the Raiders. Um, again, probably either to compete slash to be the backup there. I don't know if that necessarily means Vegas are out of the the carousel running, but um, it does mean going back to Tom Brady that there are two likely destinations for him, and we should know within the next 24 hours uh, which one of those destinations. So I just want to throw a, th- a third team in there because I've s- been reading reports about it since last night. I woke up in the middle of the night to some, I'm going to call it alarming from my point of view, but um, some interesting stuff saying that the Dolphins would be willing to get back in on the Tom Brady sweepstakes. And I've seen from, I believe it was Armando Salgara, a beat, beat writer in Miami, saying that if Stephen Ross was to change his mind, even at this late stage, that the Dolphins would jump in two-footed. So just, I don't think it happens, but I think I'd be remiss not to, sorry, no, I've just had a alert come up saying the Dolphins have signed Riga Hill for on a one-year deal. Sorry, stop me in my tracks. Um, yeah, I just think it'd be remiss of me not to mention that the beat writers have said it in case it's something that comes really out of left field. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. They, they've sort of been muted, although one thing that was said by Rap Sheet is uh, the Dolphins are not in talks. So interesting there that I guess what we know at this stage is that the the Chargers and the Buccaneers have both put forward offers north of 30 million per year in front of Tom Brady. Yep. Um, the only thing we know officially is that Jason Light has come out and confirmed that talks were held between himself and Tom Brady. I think that's uh, important when, when a GM comes out, I mean, and says something like that, because we, we went through it yesterday, sort of placing, playing, you know, quarterback blind date. But when it comes to it, if, if it was to fall through, the Bucks would very much be on plan B and plan B is a long way from plan A right now. Do you know what I mean? The step yeah. off is it, it, great. So for him to actually say that, I think he must feel quite confident in what they've put in front of Tom Brady and that it's certainly at the very least very competitive. Yeah, and I, that's the impression I get. I'm not going to say that he's going to Tampa. In fact, I've been saying all day I think he ends <laughs> up in, in LA because um, I just think that it makes sense. He's a California boy, he retires there, his business is there. But there has been talk in the, in the last hour uh, from a lot of people, from Colin Coward all the way through to Matthew Berry, through to uh, quite a few sources that are saying that it's looking more and more likely that it's going to be Tampa. We don't know at this stage. I don't think we're going to know that decision tonight. I don't think I'm going to wake up tomorrow to the news that Tom Brady is going to LA or or Tampa. I think that decision will be made maybe, I don't know if I'm guessing, but I reckon around the around tomorrow, uh, maybe when free agency officially opens, because don't forget it's not uh, officially open. Um, I do have some breaking news here. Um that Jalen Mills is actually going to return to the Eagles and he's going to play at safety on a one-year okay. prove-it deal. Interesting. It's great that we can do these podcasts as news is coming in. This yeah. is fun. And I just think, it's, I was thinking a minute ago, I must say, it's. I think it's important, like you say, for people to remember that although these deals are all done and we know they're going to happen, especially for people new to the NFL, on Wednesday, you're going to start to see a lot of stories saying, this deal is signed, this deal is signed. You're going to think, well, yeah, that was done two days ago. 
you got to remember, nothing can be official until that league year starts on yeah. Wednesday. So it's 8 p.m. our time tomorrow. It becomes uh, it becomes official. Um, until there, it's um, things can change. People can get out. I mean, it's very rare that they do, but it, it did happen last year with was it Anthony Barr with the Jets? He agreed right. a huge deal in principle and then walked. That's something that I'd like to touch on just a little bit later as well about the Jets because they have swung and missed a bunch of times in the last two days. Yeah, yeah, they they have missed a lot of players. Um, they did land. Uh, they did land um, George Fant, who got paid, by the way, um, three-year, $30 million deal, the offensive tackle. I think that's the only player they have landed um, so far. But they seem to have missed out on a lot of uh, O-line and D-line players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I, think uh, I said about it earlier in the year in reference to Le'Veon Bell, I think they have a real problem with Adam Gase there. And I think they're starting to see that pan out right now because players are reluctant to go there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a a massive point is I think people are not happy with the situation um, going on there for sure. So uh, it doesn't breed a lot of confidence. Um, There's quite a few teams that haven't really got into the mix. Um, I know there's a lot of talk with the Buccaneers, um, with Brady, but they haven't really got into the mix. They re-signed JPP yesterday, but they haven't really um, done a lot of business. The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals haven't signed anyone. Um, you know, the I'm Saints... That JJ, JPP deal is, is a good deal. It's under the radar. Do you know what I mean? That's going to go kind of unnoticed, especially, you know, if they sign Tom Brady, obviously. But, you know, that's a, a, a good signing, at a decent amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's it's actually slightly less than what he was getting on his original deal uh, over two years. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's a good bit of business. Um, Arians talked about him being a very key player to bring back. When we restructured his deal, because actually he had an extra year to run on his deal, we restructured the deal to save cap last year to allow him to enter free agency this year. And I kind of thought, well, that's it. He's off. And then had a very good return when he came back from injury um, eight sacks in eight or nine sacks in 10 games. And it sort of went from there that it, it was, it, it was a very key piece to bring back. And the three names that Arians has said he wants back categorically are uh, Shaq Barrett, who's put the tag on um, JPP and Ndamukong Sue. And the, the reports are saying that Sue actually is willing to play for less money than he did last year, which is around about seven and a quarter seven and a half mil, which if he comes in at that number, I think everyone will be quite happy. I think the Bucks would take him. I kind of expected him to go. The the Buccaneers would be in for maybe Kinlaw in the first round if the tackles go, but I think it looks likely that Ndomkus Sue will come back. And I think he's quite happy. Um which it, and don't forget there's no uh, state income tax. So him taking seven and a quarter in Tampa is a lot better than him getting ten somewhere else. And Ndomukong Sue is a shrewd businessman, very good friends with Warren Buffett, and he he's very open about wanting to make the most why he can, and he's he's smart about it, you know, and, and I like his um, sort of honesty about the situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I do too. So it's going to be interesting, but there's a few teams that haven't really um, made a splash into this uh, tampering period yet. Um, I think we should really go back a little bit um, 
from when we got off air, there's been a couple of um, blockbuster trades <laughs> that have been made since uh, since we spoke yesterday that we should address first, and then we'll get on to some more today's news. Um, the first is that the San Francisco 49ers have traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts in exchange for the number 13 overall pick in this year's draft, and Buckner is working on an extension that could be worth around $21 million a year, um, which is big money. Um, so that, for me, is a huge trade because now all of a sudden San Francisco have 13 and 31 in the draft, the Colts and are, are now not with a first round pick. Um and it also leads you to suggest that that quarterback race is gonna be concluded in, in Indy if they're willing to give up a pick that they could have used with their seconds to move up into a quarterback race. So it looks like they they have a target. It looks like it's gonna be Rivers. Um it looks like they don't need to spend that first round pick on a on a quarterback. Yeah, which I mean it is great news for me, just saying. But um yeah, it's like you say, it puts them in win now mode. It it makes you think that that deal for the quarterback is essentially done. They're just working out the, the finer details of it. So yeah, it, no, it's, it's interesting. I think it's good for both sides. Do you know what I mean? Because San Francisco get that thirteenth pick. It, that that's worth a lot to a team that were close. You don't usually get that option. You, you know, you don't usually lose in the Super Bowl and have a chance to pick in the top fifteen in the draft. So you know that can go a long way. Yeah, it it can go a long way. And on top of that, you know, what you got to remember, they have no day two picks. So there's no, they don't have any picks in the second, third or fourth round. So effectively, they're two guys here. Um, their two guys are going to be on day one. That That's basically their draft. Um, so those guys are, are big. Um, I've actually got two bits of breaking news here. The first involves your Dolphins and they're closing in on a deal to sign Jordan Howard, the running back from who was uh, let go by the Eagles last year. Okay. I'm, so, not, I'm not surprised they would in the running back market in some form. There have been some rumours out there about them looking at Melvin Gordon. To be honest, his demand of wanting more than $10 million a year was, was never – I don't think it was going to happen. They, they don't value that position that highly. No, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see that be a $3, 4000000 million a year deal. Um yeah as we've seen and how they've treated uh, running backs in the past. The other one, this one's a bit more blockbuster here, is that uh, um, standout linebacker Joe Sherbert, formerly of the Browns, is heading to Jacksonville on a five-year, uh, $53.75 million deal, which is big money. He's a very, very good player. Um, so a new face on, on, on defense for the, for the Jaguars. I've got to ask, though, what are Jacksonville doing? Uh, a deal like that suggests that you think that you can that you're in a position to compete at least in the division, and their other moves suggest that they're blowing it up. So, yeah, I'm I'm a bit puzzled by that by that move. I mean, listen, I I think he's a very good player. Um, I know quite a few Browns fans who are very happy with. Well, they, they were very sad to see him go. They, they were happy with what he did in um, in Cleveland, and you know, he, he, he deserves that kind of payday um, based on what he's done in the NFL so far. Um, but yeah, the fact that they've, uh, you know, traded away pieces and they got, and got quite tagged who has no intention of playing on the tag. So he's probably going to go on a trade. Um, you've traded Calais Campbell, you've traded uh, Bouet, you've traded Jalen Ramsey at the 10 end of last year. You, 
you know, you're getting the rid of pieces. The rumour is they want rid of Foles, Foles yeah. as well. And well, the rumour is that they, yeah, there have been lots of talks, but actually they're not willing to part with him yet. They're, they're saying they haven't received anything near what they're kind of hoping. I, I was thinking you could take the first offer you can get to get out of that disastrous contract. Um, they did offer the tag, uh, second round uh, RFA tag to uh, Keelan Cole. Uh, that's one bit of business that the Jags did uh, this afternoon. Um, but yeah, very confusing what the Jags are doing. They haven't really signed. I think it's their first major bit of business in in there. But um, he, I mean, he's a standout player. He's for me one of the best players in free agency, uh, especially for linebacker. Um, so standing bit of business there to do that. And back to Howard. I think Howard is a is a solid running back. He will he will do a job. I I expect that probably to be quite a short deal, maybe a two year. I would be surprised if it's like a two-year, $9 million deal or something like that. We don't have the details. I'm purely just uh, guessing at this time. To be to be fair, there was a chance that if they didn't pick up a running back in free agency of some sort, just someone that had some experience and some success in the league, you know, in any form, that one of the five-yard rush team would be starting a tailback for the Dolphins next year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, I know there's, there's plenty of running backs in the draft and we have plenty of picks. Brian Fitzpatrick led the team, and we can just leave it there. He led the team in rushing, <laughs> right? So anyone else, I don't mind if they move on. I like Patrick Laird. He's got good hands out of the backfield, and he, you know, he's on a rookie deal, so I'm, I'm happy about that. But Caelan Balazs is awful. And also, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of people saying in the last couple of days, sort of Dolphins fans saying, oh, yeah, a lot of it's O-line play. It's not, because Fitzpatrick still could run behind that O-line. <laughs> Caleb Balage ran into the first person he saw every time and went Absolutely. down. Yeah. I mean, if you get a chance, there is a clip where he ducks under a pass that is thrown towards him, and it's spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's it's an interesting time. There's a we're going to mention the Dolphins. They've signed quite a few players in the last 24 hours, so we'll, we'll get to those. Um, a couple of players while we were on the Browns, uh, I want to talk about. He did sign. We we mentioned the name Jack Conklin yesterday as a name to watch. He signed about an hour after we got off a three-year, 42 million dollar deal to join the the Cleveland Browns. Well, he's not signed, but he's going to sign uh, that deal um, to join the Browns. Which uh, you know, O line has hurt the Browns in back-to-back years now. I think that's an area that they're looking to to strengthen. And then they brought in a backup quarterback. They brought in Case Keenum, uh, which I was a bit surprised with the length. Three-year, $18 million deal. Obviously, not all of that's guaranteed, and they can probably get away after two years. But they, they are giving him $9, $10 million guaranteed. So um, that's a couple of moves that the Browns uh, have made. I actually really like both these moves for both the players and the teams because I think – if things were to not start well for Baker Mayfield, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. I think he's a little overrated for what he's actually produced. Half a season of good play, of good play, mm. is not enough for me to to jump on board with somebody. And that goes for anybody, including Dolphins players. But I think we have seen Case Keenan perform at a decent level, even if it was for only one year in Minnesota, but he has experience. If you put him around that talented class, that that talented team, and expect him to be able to run that offense competently, I think it's probably a pretty good deal, especially to be a backup. And the Jack Conklin deal is really interesting because it's quite short Mm -hmm. because Jack Conklin wants to be a free agent when the cap goes up again while still being in his 20s. And I thought that was a shrewd move on his behalf and also for the 
um, Browns because there was a lot of teams that were very interested. A lot of fan bases wanted Jack Conklin badly. And I imagine the first thing a lot of teams did, and this kind of goes back to my point about the Jets because they were very interested, was I imagine a lot of teams phoned up straight away and said, here's five years. We'll give you five years. And he's like, actually, no, I don't want five years. I want three and I want to get back in free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a very valid point, and that'd be why he's taking such a short deal. Um, I mean, pros and cons to it: five years with more money guaranteed means more money. He's betting on himself. Of course, an injury doesn't help him if if he gets injured. Then, you know, he's not oh, going to get as much money as he would have got. But you know, that that that's the risk of this game. He he backs himself. He's had injuries in the past, yeah. but but there you go. Just and a like couple of bits of. Sorry, just quickly, the O-line has killed the Browns and it also just doesn't, it means they're not shoehorned into it in the draft. They, they've just opened yeah. some flexibility. They can still go O-line in the draft, but they've got a little bit more flexibility. I think that's smart for any team. No, I, I completely agree. So I've got some comp updates on two players we talked about. Jalen Mills is a one-year prove-it deal worth up to $5 million. Jordan Howard's deal is north of $10 million, two-year deal. Okay. So I don't know how far north. That's what Schefter is reporting, that it is uh, north of ten. Which um, means it's not north of 15, because otherwise they would have gone with a nice right. round number. Like it's probably going to be, it's going to be 11, 12 over, over two. Yeah, so kind of, six per, yeah. Yeah, that could be the sort I'm of I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. I think it makes sense. Yeah. The Broncos signed uh, Graham Glasgow, four-year, $44 million contract. Uh, again, more O-line help for a team that desperately needs it. O-line got paid uh, in a big, big, big way uh, in free agency. Um, uh, Vitaly um, went to the Lions on a five-year, $50 million deal. This is a guy that I, I don't think was even starting regularly last year. Um, I think he was really fighting for his place. So that was quite a, a big deal, a bit of a surprise um, there. Uh, I'll be honest, I really wanted to see you try and pronounce his surname. I was just waiting for it. Oh, the first name. Yeah, that, that wasn't happening. I'm oh, sorry, the first name. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I'll, just, I'll, we'll just stick to Big V, as yeah, they call him. Yeah. I, but I, no, I mean, the Glasgow no deal was interesting because apparently he was absolutely dead set on the Broncos from the very start. Um, yeah. Their first call at, at 12.01 was, was to Denver, and that deal was basically a done deal then. Yeah, which is, you know, it, it, it says a lot. I think it's a good fit. I think that, that works uh, big time for them. Um, Michael Brockers, he has left the Rams to take a three-year, $30 million deal to sign for the Ravens. I think the Ravens have, have been shrewd in what they're acquiring. Um, I don't know how they're going to make the cap work. But it's going to be tight. But um, again, I think that's a very useful piece to a, a team that's clearly in a, in a win-now mode with a, a QB on a rookie quarterback deal. Yeah, and the thing is, that they, I suppose, they're, although, as we know, rookie deals the quarterbacks mean we can go and spend and we can put talent around them when your quarterback sits for most of his first year and now it becomes a four-year deal so although they moved up it to get into that first round of draft Lamar Jackson they're now working on a shorter window than than a lot of teams because you know for instance when the when the Bucks drafted James Winston he was a starter from day one so mm. you had five years of trying to put talent around him you've only got kind of four years before you're gonna to have to pay him possibly even less if he wants that deal before that last year. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, new uh, bit of breaking news is that the Eagles are moving on from safety Malcolm Jenkins. They are not exercising the 2020 contract option they have for him. 
So, I mean, I don't know. Did you get a chance to see the All or Nothing series on Amazon Prime? With the, I've the not yet. I'm a little bit behind. If you get a chance to see it, it's some very interesting stuff with Malcolm Jenkins um, in regards to his fit as a leader. And I think the Eagles came out as backing him during it. And I, for the life of me, can't remember the guy who threw him under the bus. Orlando Scandrick yeah. um, came out and had some very choice words after he got cut after a short stint in um, Philadelphia. And that kind of a saga. And I wonder if it's just a little... It, the way the program shows it is you could see a possible lack of leadership and some things where maybe it came across a little two-faced. Do you know what I mean? Where he's kind yeah. of saying the right thing. And then when you see the in-game clips, you're a bit like, mm, it doesn't really go with what you were saying. But I just wonder if that played into it a little bit, especially now that's out there for the whole public to see. Whereas a lot of times you would never know about that stuff. Yeah, that, that could be very true. So that's I've not watched it, so I can't judge it. But um, I definitely think that that's something to consider. There's always these little things that go on behind and character plays a big part. There's a, a big part of why Calais got, Campbell got traded was more about character and fit in the, in the locker room that um, they wanted to move on all the old ringleaders when it all started to go bad. So Ramsey, Campbell, um, Boye were apparently three of the names that they were desperate to get off the roster, which is why all those moves were made um, in Jacksonville. Take that uh, as you will. Let's dig into some Dolphins and then we'll hit some highlight deals from late yesterday. So the Dolphins have been busy. We've talked about some of the players they've, they've already um, acquired when we were speaking yesterday in the Eric Flowers. And we've mentioned a couple of others, but the ones we, we should touch upon, Carl Van Noy, four-year, $51 million deal. Um, ideally the standout here is Byron Jones cornerback um, five year $82.5 million deal to sign um, you then also picked up today uh, Emmanuel Ogba two year $15 million deal we're just talking about Jordan Howard um, and then there's the safety whose sa- name I am not even going to try and pronounce <laughs> I believe it's got three E's in it um, Clayton <laughs> something from the Bengals. A key, a really a special teams player who does play safety as well. Yeah. So there's a, a number of players who are clearly splashing the cash here, the, the Dolphins. What do you make about each of each of those moves? Eric Flowers is a, an acquired taste and one that many feel is um, probably past himself, although we did talk a little bit about him yesterday. But uh, I think Byron Jones is obviously a standout player who's, He's being paid as, as the best cornerback in, in football now. Um, Carl Van Noy, anyone that watched that Super Bowl two years ago, saw the amazing performance he put in um, and what he can do. But what, what are your thoughts on, on the business being done by the uh, the Dolphins so far? I like the I like what they've done so far. It, it feels like controlled spending, even if it's a lot of money. It doesn't feel like... Um, I believe it was a 2008 off-season when Jeff Ireland famously said, I've got lots of picks and lots of money, and then went out and went absolutely bat crazy and got in Mike Williams and Brandon Albert and Danelle Ellaby and Philip Wheeler and paid just ridiculous money. Um, this feels a little bit more controlled than that. Um, I like the Byron Jones signing. It, it's a really interesting one. I'm a little bit conflicted because I like Xavier Howard a lot. He does have a he does have some health issues. He has been hurt quite a bit, but he is also was the highest paid corner in the NFL, and we now have beaten that contract with the guy playing opposite him. 
the fan in me says this is great they're, they're going to play opposite each other and everything's going to be dandy the the sort of more realistic side to me says i really wonder if there is a way they are going to dangle him to detroit to move up to that third pick um mm-hmm. because people love putting jeff okuda to the to detroit at three mm-hmm. i don't know i do just the, the skeptic in me says, hmm, I wonder if something else is going on here. That's interesting. That's a new theory. I've not heard that one. So uh, stay <laughs> stay tuned for that, fans. Um, some more breaking news. The Redskins are signing former Bears uh, linebacker Kevin Pierre-Louis. Uh, this is according to Rap Sheet uh, and Sports Stars NYC, a player who was pretty popular at the Redskins. I don't know too much about him, but... I don't know the numbers either. That's just uh, come through. But uh, a couple of deals I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's get to the biggest uh, deal of uh, free agency so far. Um, I say free agency so far because I know Tannehill's uh, exceeds this, but it wasn't. It was an extension, and um, although this is, uh, but it was done sort of before. Uh, and it's Amari Cooper getting five year, a five year deal worth a hundred million dollars to remain with the Cowboys. I mean, that's a, a lot of money for uh, a wide receiver who, it's fair to say, is it blows a little hot and cold. Yeah, that deal would scare the bejesus out of me. I, I wouldn't want my team paying that much. Because like you say, it's that when he's good, he's great. But when he's bad, he's just non-existent. Like, there'd be games where he's just not involved. And I just, I would rather do what it takes to get DeAndre Hopkins than pay $100 million to Mari Cooper. Yeah, uh, I think I'm with you on that. I, I like Amari Cooper. I think he's a good player. I think he definitely improves the uh, the Cowboys. But I do think that there was, I mean, he's a, so it works out that he's only the second player with a $20 million per year contract. And he's the fourth uh, highest in terms of guaranteed money on his contract in the NFL. And I don't think he's either the second or the fourth best uh, wide receiver in, right. in football. Um, and they, I, I, what it has done is now all these guys, you're looking at Godwin is probably going to have to be extended soon. Um, you've got a number of guys now underneath who could potentially earn that much or more. And it's kind of inflated the market more than I, 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 I don't want to say undeservingly because I think wide receivers are, are well worth their money, but I think it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on getting deals done and re-signed now for good, but not necessarily elite wide receivers. And that's kind of where I put Cooper, as good, but not elite. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I, I'd be, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the um, agent's office for Dak Prescott and say, right, so you're arguing with us over three or four million per year and you've just paid a hundred million dollars to receive. Who's going to throw in the ball? Right. Okay. Glad we've got that sorted out. Do you know what I mean? It just, it, it yeah. seems a lot of money. I I would have been selling it. The way I go into Amari Cooper is, look, I need some of this. Get like work with us a little bit here, and let's let's get some money to the quarterback and keep you guys together. We just paid Zeke, now we're paying you. There's only so many players that can be pulling these contracts in. Well, yeah, um, I think it's. Um, I think maybe they did that, and maybe that's why it's. It, I say only a hundred million, but I'd be amazed to think that they didn't they didn't play that card already. But um, but there you go. They, before we get to the really big trade of of last night that we all woke up to, <laughs> there's one deal I want to talk about because I've I've met this player Mario Addison. We met him, didn't we? In in we London, um, we did the NFL life. First of all, for absolutely brilliant bloke. Um, 
was a lot of fun, um, really engaging person. feel like he's a really good uh, locker room guy. He always has a smile on his face. Um, he has signed a three-year deal to go to the Buffalo Bills. I think that's sneakily quite a good move. Um, I, I really like Addison. Um, I always have done. I think he's a, a very underrated defensive end, um, despite the fact he's been to the Pro Bowl on several occasions. Um, I think that's a really, really good addition for for the Bills. I just wanted to give that a bit of recognition because that one has really flown under the radar. Like I think that's barely been reported. Um, and I think that's sneakily a very, very good player um, signing for a, a last season's uh, playoff team. But involving the Bills, they agreed to trade their 2020 first, fifth and sixth round picks plus the 2021 fourth round pick to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for Stephon Diggs and the 2020 seventh round pick. I mean, holy moly, that's a lot of picks. <laughs> Again, the, the, I feel like I'm going to repeat myself compared to what I've just said about Amari Cooper. Because, again, a good talent, but I, don't, I just don't hold him in the same regard as a Hopkins or a Julio Jones when he's at his best. Even an AJ Green, when he was at his best. I'm not talking about right now. I know that that's a whole different kettle of fish. But do you know what I mean? I just, like, he's not Michael Thomas. He's not Mike Evans. Do you know what I mean? It's. No, like I, it's just crazy. That it seems just like so much to me. Also, I'm with with the sort of petulance isn't maybe the right word, but some of the sort of hissy fits he was, he threw last year. I know he didn't like being with with Kirk Cousins, and I understand you might not like some of the plays, but I think there's a way to conduct yourself, especially on the sidelines and in social media. I think there's probably a better way he could handle that stuff. It just seems a bizarre one for the Bills who have been building quite a culture of mm. I don't know this one just seems to fly in the face of it a little bit I I, I couldn't agree more um, I think it's a strange one I think it makes Bill O'Brien look a little silly um, given how much they've how much they how much they gave away or how little they gave away New Hopkins for um, a declining running back in David Johnson and a pick and the Buffalo Bills are parted with four picks. All right, okay, they get a 2027th back. I mean, basically nothing. And and Stefan Diggs. I mean, that is, that is huge. I mean, that is just a, uh, I mean, it's a lot of picks. I mean, okay, fifth, fifth and sixth, you could always do it. But the first round pick, I mean, you talk about the players that are coming in this draft that you, you could be getting. That's who you're passing on. You're passing on effectively wherever Jerry Judy falls. Um, down to there, but CD Lamb might fall to there. Uh, maybe they, maybe they, they tested the waters and said we don't think we're going to get either of those guys, and maybe that might be true. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, they looked at who's available on the market. I can't help but think that that price would have probably got Hopkins. Um, I'd have been surprised sure. if it if it didn't. Um, but there you go. They yeah. they end up getting Stefan Diggs. He could do a job there. Don't get me wrong. I think he could. He could work out. I mean, they do need a, a strong wide receiver there. Uh, him, John Brown, and Cole Beasley is definitely a more interesting uh, wide receiver attack than uh, what the what the what the Texans have got now. Which is, um, you know, one person we've not talked about is Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb has gone and signed there. So Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, and Fuller, and then you've also got um, oh, the other Kiki Kuti, who's always injured. Um, so yeah, I mean, give me the, given you the Buffalo Bills wide receiver core, then, then the Texans. 
Oh, for sure, the on-field product is going to be good. It's just, it's just the value. It's just what they gave up is the is the troubling bit. I have no problem with Diggs as a player, really. I mean, he's a good wide receiver. He's definitely going to make that team better. Mm. I definitely, I would have been more worried about it before we signed Byron Jones. But you know, it's definitely when you could, someone comes into your division, it, it it sort of grabs your attention. Like hmm, I have to play them yeah. twice a year. But yeah, I mean, it, it's really the compensation that's that's the problem with it. Not not as much the player the fit maybe for me but you know yeah. the player himself on the field is going to be good you know Diggs is a good receiver just don't put him in that elite category that I think you could have got someone I've been really interested to see if they didn't feel that one of the top wide receivers or who they have ranked as their top receivers was going to fall to them in the draft if that same capital that they've given up could have moved them up far enough in the draft to get that player on a rookie deal that's an interesting if, point. That's if something... you were willing to give that much up. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the first, okay, you swap the first, fifth, sixth, and the fourth. Yeah, I mean, it could do. It depends how much you rated the guys. Maybe they, they're not as big of fans as they could be. I'd like to think that that kind of price, it might not have done. That volume could it be interesting. I mean, it's mute now. It's not going to happen. But, um, it, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised. But I also... It, it will, it I, I will. listened to an interesting podcast earlier and they referred to how the Patriots are, are very shrewd in their business in regards to you don't see them splash the cash very often and when they do, it's, it's often for one of two reasons. It's a player they desperately like or it's a player that immediately weakens an opponent in regards yeah. to it stops them getting them or it stops, um, stops them re-signing re-signing with them and I wonder there was a lot of rumours that New England had made calls about Diggs and I wonder if part of it was we just we don't want him in New England we want a wide receiver we don't want him in New England two birds one stone let's stop him going somewhere else that's also true so I think somewhat the same with Van Noy as well yeah I I think that um, I think Van Noy is a shrewd pickup I quite like him I know People in uh, people in New, in the Patriots were probably quite glad. Not glad, but they're not as unhappy to see him go. I spoke to a few Patriots fans earlier. They weren't too disappointed by that one, but I quite like him. I think he's a good player. Um, I better touch upon the Giants because I get a lot of stick for not liking the Giants. Um, and it's purely more down to Gettleman than anyone else and, and Eli. But Eli's gone now, so I look at them slightly differently. Um, they signed a few players last night um, and they this morning so uh blake martinez from the packers he's agreed a three-year 30 million dollar deal uh to go there the linebacker they also signed uh, james bradbury three-year 45 million dollar deal i like that i think that's a really good bit of business actually from from getterman and co i think he's a top uh, cornerback and um if akuda doesn't fall at four which he doesn't look likely then at the end of the day it, it, it takes that position of need off the board and it opens up those options for the fourth pick especially if you know, you're desperate need an AR of a cornerback and a Cuda doesn't fall, then what do you do? So I don't mind that. They also signed a tight end after one of their tight ends retired. Um, so they've signed uh, Levine Toyolo, who I, I'll be honest, I'd never heard of. Um, I can't imagine it's a big deal, but... Um, I was just thinking exactly the same, reading his name on the list. Like, oh God, I hope you know who he is because I don't. I, I genuinely have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely have no idea who he is. Uh, I just know that he has been brought in to replace Rhett Ellison, who's recently retired. Um, speaking of retirements, there has been a really sad bit of news that uh, Ryan Chazier, who got injured on the field a, a few years ago, 
for the Steelers. He uh, he's been officially moved to the reserve retired list today, um, which I th- is really sad. Um, I think everyone wanted him to um, make a triumphant return back to um, playing, but that doesn't. Well, it now looks like that's not going to be the case. It does seem, though, I think it's important to say as well, the Steelers have, have handled it really well as well. 100%. I, I know it sounds kind of weird because they're not necessarily do, having to do a whole lot, but they just seem to have handled everything the right way and to help him and for him to still be part of the organisation. You know, I, I think, I say, just deserves some, some kudos for, for doing it the right way. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think they, they really, they brought him to the draft last year. Um, I think they've done a, a wonderful job um, and they've given him every opportunity. Um, I think they've officially sort of decided that that is, that is it. And maybe it's his doctors, I don't know. But yeah, I think uh, it's sad. I, I have no doubt that the Steelers organisation have also done something by this move, whether that's to give him a retirement fund extra. I don't know what. I'm sure someone has done something somewhere to give him some extra money yeah. to ensure that he is um, he's well looked after. So, yeah, I, I, and I think that's probably why that move has, has been made, um, which is a shame. Um, I'm just going through to see uh, other deals uh, that are worth talking about. This there's, there's a couple here. Uh, Robert Quinn. He's I was just about to say Robert Quinn. <laughs> five year, seventy million dollar deal to sign with the Chicago Bears. I mean, that's a lot of cheddar. Good player. Uh, a lot, a lot of cheddar. Uh, to get Robert Quinn in in the door, and just just as a tip, bit doesn't really make any difference to this. You know, he's playing with a brain tumor. So. Uh, yeah, I heard that last season. Yeah, yeah. So he has a, I believe it's inoperable, uh, but they think it's that I believe it's benign. But yeah, yeah. he actually has a, a brain tumor, and just think it's interesting. Interesting to know. I think he has to have something with his helmet, doesn't he? That. Something has to be molded, or it has to be done a certain way. Maybe I think that it's either him or maybe it's Trent Richardson. I don't, there is one player who has to have a slightly different molded um, helmet as a result of a, a tumor or a growth. I think if um, I believe, I can't remember offhand. If you if you're right, I think there's a good chance you are. It's in one of the TV series. It's either Hard Knocks or All or Nothing. One of those where they followed the Rams. It's, it's definitely in there if people want to go back and try and find it. 100%. And then speaking of the Rams, uh, Corey Littleton has left the Rams. He has signed a three-year, $36 million deal to sign with the Raiders. Um, I mean, the Rams are really... They've let some really good players go um, this off-season. And they're being snapped up and being snapped up for um, for for good money. So. Um, is, another does loss. It feel to you somewhat like I don't know. Uh, it just it just feels like the window is closed on the Rams already. That there's a lot of talent walking away. It looks like they're trying to move Gurley on, even though that contract's probably going to prohibit that. But they're kind of done with him. Um, there's plenty of talks about people trying to deal for Brandon Cooks. Like you say, plenty of talent is walking away. It, it just seems like that team is a, a long way away from the team we saw two years ago in the Super Bowl. Potentially. It, I think it depends on what they do um, in the next, in the in the coming days, really. I think they need to get some O-line. And the fact is they've missed out on some, some real O-line talent. Um, even someone like Dennis Kelly, 
who is a slightly underrated player. He he's someone who kind of lost his job to Jack Conklin, but he is a he is a, a good player. He's someone that would have fit in the Rams sort of affordability range. He went for three years, twenty one million. He's re-signed with the Titans, and now he doesn't have to worry about getting into a, a fight for his job. He's someone that kind of would have fit that that profile. Maybe even Graham Glasgow if they could have worked that deal out. A uh, Conklin. All these players are are now gone, and you look at what's available. Um, on the O-line, I'm not overly optimistic they're going to get too many options here. Um, they don't have a first-round pick, so I don't really know what they're going to what they're going to get here. I, I, I don't like, and that's the worry. If they can get that issue resolved, they're going to have to do it via via trade. I probably assume. I'm just looking. I mean, they could resign Andrew Whitworth, I suppose, who's 38. Yep. I mean. It's certainly better than having no one. Sorry, just I'm just going to rewind slightly. When you mentioned about Eric Flowers and people not really being on board with Eric Flowers, mm. you've also got to remember what it's like when you don't have any offensive linemen. Like we, between me and you, we both could have started on the Dolphins' O line last year. 100%. So when, when when you say someone like Whitworth, yes, he's up there in age, but if if he can do a job, it's easier than trying to find someone. Like you, you know, the guy he's been in the building, he's a great player, good locker room guy makes a lot of sense to try and bring him back if he's wanting to play, which I believe he said he was. Yeah, he does say that. So that, that, I mean, that could happen. I'm looking at the top 101 available players that um, I don't think have signed a deal yet. Um, Andres Pete, who was, um, you know, on the Saints offensive line, but you know, he's got, he's got problems, injury and otherwise. Um, DeMar Dotson, who is, in his mid thirties and has massively declined. He's not a player. Uh, I'm glad we've got rid of him. He's as much as he's been a great servant to the Buccaneers. He's been there for an awfully long time. Uh, I think he's past being a starter in this league. I'm literally scrolling through here, trying to find um, Jason Peters. He's 38. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking, I'm just honestly looking through and I'm trying to find players. Andrew Whitworth, 38. Um, Glasgow's gone. Uh, Brian Bulaga. Um, there an age again? Yeah, exactly. What is he? He's in his probably early early to mid thirties. You know, offensive linemen don't really hit the market and and stay there for very long. Yeah, I think I think I'm out. I don't think is that's the you're talking about the top 101 players according to uh, NFL.com, and they're the only players left available on the offensive line. You're either having to sign someone very old uh, or someone that's injury prone. So it's an interesting. Interesting market for for them, um, and I think yeah they could be in danger of of missing out um, and that window shutting if they don't get that fixed because that was their Achilles heel last year. But I guess we'll have to see what they will do. They always uh, come up with some surprises. I don't think there's been any more breaking deals. Is there any more deals you wanted to to cover that we've uh, we've skipped a few? But I feel like we've got most of the. I think we've got, we've got most of the. Kendall Fuller we missed. If you want to talk about Kendall Fuller to the Redskins. I'm sorry, I'm just just checking the news, making sure that we've, <laughs> we're not missing anything that's happening right now. Nope, everything's a bit quiet right now. Yeah, haven't had anything in the last 20 minutes. It's never a, that's never a bad thing. Um, if we look at the top players still remaining, uh, names to watch out for in the next 24 hours, we're obviously still waiting on Tom Brady. That will determine... Um, then what happens with the Chargers, what happens with uh, James Winston. We have some trade candidates out there now with 
Cam Newton. He could potentially be an option for the Chargers if they do miss out on on Tom Brady, um, which kind of fits with the mold they want to they want to go with. Plus, you know, you've got Dalton potentially on the trade block, and you know who knows what happens with Derek Carr also. Um, but big names that are still free agents out there. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is someone we mentioned yesterday. There's been no, literally no news on him um, at all. I got, got the feeling that Jadavion Clowney's market when he was traded wasn't as big as they were hoping. And they they tried to make it more than it was. I mean, the Seahawks were involved. The Dolphins were interested at the time. He said he didn't, that they originally had a deal in place and he said he, he didn't want to play in Miami. And like you say, there's been no news on him, and he's arguably one of the top pass rushers on the on the market. Usually, those are the ones that come out first. Those are the big deals that get done. And I know Seattle want to bring him back, but I'm just surprised that we, we've not heard someone else come out of the woodwork, and you know he'd be a, a priority for them. Yeah, yeah, that is surprising. But then I think he's someone who I think people are starting to see is he shows up for big games, but he also goes missing for games. And um, the one thing he's not now is a mark of consistency. And that could be something that is um, putting, putting people off. Um, One bit of news um, that we haven't touched upon is Anthony Harris. Now he was uh, tagged. Um, News came out today that the Vikings are willing to uh, trade him uh, for mid to low round pick. So those in the market for a safety, um, could be paying, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick uh, to acquire him. So that's something that could be um, something to monitor over the next uh, couple of days if if that happens. Um, we're waiting to hear on Rivers. We do expect him to go to the Colts, but that is not done yet. It's been very quiet on Chris Harris Jr. I thought he would be done and dusted by now, but that is a player who we haven't heard uh, anyone anything of really in this. Um, tampering period so far yeah especially after um byron jones signed you thought that would be the the sort of domino that would fall and then harris would be signed very quickly the same way that like you say when brady signs i imagine all the other quarterback dominoes are going to fall into place really quickly because teams are going to be like right we've got to move on absolutely they get those done it just felt the same for harris but obviously it's not happened <laughs> no and, and that's one to to watch out for and a couple, a uh, couple more to watch out for in the next uh, day or two. Dante Fowler, he is someone who um, has been picked up yet, and he's still of a good age to um, make an impact. And then we've got a couple of offensive players here: Melvin Gordon, uh, Robbie Anderson, the two players, uh, and Emmanuel Sanders, are three players who you can uh, probably expect to hear something out of in in the next few days as to where they might end up although again it's all been very quiet on on that front but um amazingly before free agency has started a huge number of the uh 101 uh free agents uh heading into 2020 uh, have had their situations resolved whether they've been given a tag or whether they've signed a, a deal or an extension or whatever so um there's been a lot of a lot of deals done and it, it kind of makes me wonder whether on wednesday um, it's going to be a bit of a damp squid and there's not going to be uh, a lot going on. It definitely feels that way. It definitely feels like that. I mean, I've been watching NFL Network every day. It definitely feels like they, they're going to be trying to sell us on big breaking news as a mid, as a mid-level player signing for someone. Yeah. I, than these blockbuster moves that are done. I, f- I feel like tomorrow, 
but tomorrow is Wednesday. I still feel like that will be a big day. Um, I, I think with Tom Brady out there, it will still be a big day. Um, and I still think there'll be some big deals. I think as we get to the end of this week, um, at this moment, we have no plans to to pod on Friday. Um, I think there will be a pod Thursday. Um, we will probably pod tomorrow. Uh, I imagine we probably will need to. Um, but It's going to be the Tom Brady Tampa pod tomorrow. Yeah, well, if that happens, uh, I might not have a voice. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, what we'll do is we'll jump on and we'll just describe you celebrating in the background. <laughs> I've not given it five minutes thought, genuinely, even with all this talk. I just refuse to get excited about so, it. I've got an interesting question. I, I wanted to pose this to you yesterday. And, you know, we, we've kind of spoke about it a little bit in the chat and stuff like that. And I know you, you've said many times good things don't happen to to Tampa and I think that goes for most Florida teams they believe the same thing do you want Tom Brady it's all right everybody's saying it's it's done and it, but is that something that you want do you have any reservations about it well there is some a sleeper alert that's just come I've through I've just seen it come through that says and I don't know this guy he seems to be a hockey host so <laughs> but it's come through on sleeper which I'm a bit um confused about um, who says that from my source, the Buccaneers will announce their deal with Tom Brady tomorrow. The deal is done. Do I want Tom Brady? Yes, ultimately. Um, you know, I, I think I've defended Jameis Winston um, quite considerably on this podcast. Um, I think he's someone who still has a lot of talent. Um, I wouldn't be unhappy if we re-signed him, but there's no doubt that the Buccaneers went from being a 10-win team to a 7-win team as a result of... Um, the 30 interceptions. Now I still stand by. I don't think half of those were his fault um, for various reasons um, due to um, the way that the coverage was set up or the way that the, the receivers blew the roots. Um, I think there's a number and this isn't, this isn't me defending him. Um, it's just uh, basically what's been constituted as, as a fact um, when you go back and look at the analysis and the plays and the tape. That being so, said, he made big decisions, and, and the problem is the is the pick sixes more than anything. Um, his turnovers led to 114 points by the opposition last year, and that is too many. And that turned what would have been a playoff team. Hmm, would they have been a playoff team with 10 wins last year? Should have been. I'm trying to think who was the sixth close. seed. Seattle with five. Who was six? Uh, um, I'm having an absolute blank here. Yeah, so I'm here. I'm just I'm struggling to think now. Let me bring it up. It was San Francisco with the one seed. Saints with the two seed. Three seed was... Yeah, I'm absolutely had a blank here. It's shocking. The fourth seed was the Eagles. Fifth seed was Seattle. Uh, so the sixth seed must have been... The Vikings. Of course it was. Because they beat... Cause <laughs> the, yeah, because they beat the... Sorry, they were the three seed, weren't they? The... the uh, the Saints and they got knocked out by the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That's right. So, um, and the Vikings were ten wins. That would have been tiebreaker situation. So I don't know if that would have been enough. But they would have um, been there or thereabouts. They, they would have been there or thereabouts. So, yeah. One thing that Tom Brady is going to do is he's going to bring a winning mentality. And the one thing the Buccaneers have lacked over a number of years is winners in in the locker room. Um, I the, one of the reasons I absolutely love the Jason Pierre-Paul signing is two years ago. Um, when Dirk Cutter was in charge, um, I, I've talked about this on here, but I absolutely lost it 
when you have players in the dressing room playing ping pong in front of the press as if nothing matters that they lost and you have Jason Pierre-Paul shouting them like have you got no pride have you got no no self-respect you know we've just lost um 15 to 3 to the Redskins when we put up 500 yards of offense and he absolutely blew his top uh he called out the fans for not turning up or not making noise and that is a leader in the in the locker room you brought Dominic Sue who's a different sort of leader given the respect and everywhere that he has been um, you know, yeah, he, he's a more do you know follow by example kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. honest, honest, hardworking um, professional. Um, you know, you've got these guys now who are leaders by example, but you need a leader. You need someone who the dressing room is going to get behind, and you're not going to argue with the greatest quarterback of all time with six rings. He's going to say, "Lads, uh, I'm going to take you. I'm going to show you how to win." And do I think he is someone who's going to be revolutionary? I don't know. But ultimately, he's the best game manager in the business. Um, and that D, if it performs like it did in the last seven or eight games of last season, there's an, there's an 11-12 win team in there, easily. Um, do I think they're a number one seed team? Absolutely not. Do I think they go to the Super Bowl and win it next year? Absolutely not. But I do think there's an 11-12 win team in there. Um, we're, we're Tom Brady at the helm. I mean, it'd be interesting because that would make the Tampa Tampa Bay the first team to play in a home Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, well, I, I don't <laughs> think believe, I don't... if you believe in superstition, that's probably not going to happen. But it's it makes them a winning team. It, it you know it makes them relevant, and that's the thing. They become nationally relevant. They fix a lot of issues. Um, the season tickets will get sold. Everything will happen in a way that now. Um, they'll play Sunday night football, they'll play Monday night football. They will be a nationally relevant team and franchise, something they've not been for 12 years, except for when Fitzmagic was just uh, sort of laudering it over people for uh, for three games or so. So, yeah, I think that's that's the part. Do I think it happens? I don't, I don't know. If you'd asked me two hours, three hours ago, I'd have probably said no way. Now I'm starting to think there's a lot of noise. I mean, a lot of noise. This isn't like now we're not talking about one or two rumblings. We're talking people that are out there now as three different sources are saying this deal's done. And and serious sources. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, believable sources. When you see Colin Coward say something, you know, it carries a little bit more weight. You know, I think, especially in the last few days, we've all seen a lot of rumours and a lot of stuff going on. The first thing you try and do is try, right, how credible is this person? Is this is this legit? Can I Can I go along with this? And... I think it makes a difference. I just uh, just wanted to pick up quickly as well. You mentioned people's perception of Jameis Winston outside of Tampa is, and, and that you've defended him on the pod before. I felt the same way about Ryan Tannehill is people looked at the scores and never watched the performances. They never watched the games because you weren't relevant. The Dolphins weren't relevant. It's that. So then when, when last year happens to Ryan Tannehill, people act like they're surprised. It's not, it's not a surprise. If you've ever watched him play... The signs have been there that that is that is the case, and I think I can definitely relate with what you're saying about defending James Winston to people who only see the box scores. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing; he's got a lot of ability, and I think let's say Tom Brady goes to the the Buccaneers, I would not be surprised if James Winston turns out to be a New England Patriot. I mean, I just uh, I just wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Um, it'd be interesting. We had a joke about it yesterday. Uh, I'm I'm starting to think now with where the Patriots are and they can't draft a quarterback and you look at who is left. Do you really think they'd go with Andy Dalton over Jameis Winston? 
I actually think they would. Wow. I yeah, just couldn't see it. I'd be honest. I am really low on James Winston. And this not because I've just watched the box scores. It's because I think specifically for New England, I believe the turnovers are an actual problem. I've seen a lot of James games. My brother's a Buccaneers mm. fan. So we actually watch each other's games basically to give each other crap. But, you know, I, I think... Jameis could be the odd man out here in this carousel. I brought it up yesterday. I imagine Marcus Mariota's people right now are going, oh God, what have we done by signing yesterday? And maybe not waiting for that domino to fall because there was a lot of talk that Bill Belichick had liked Marcus Mariota in the draft process and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I say this is based on absolutely nothing. I will probably look like an idiot in 24 hours time. I just, I just, I've got this feeling that I think James might be the odd man out. And I said that to you originally that I, I thought that he could um, resign. I, I will say this: if Tom Brady ends up a Charger, I would, I'd strongly move all in that he will be back in a Buccaneers uniform. I, I, I'd be very interested to see what happens if Tom Brady signs, and the market is cool on Jameis Winston if he says. Maybe I'll sit behind Tom Brady. Tom, we know this. That Tom Brady's not a long-term answer, right? This is not four or five years. This is this is more no. likely two, three years. This is this is directly going to be in conjunction with the sort of uh, lifespan, not lifespan. That, that makes it bloody serious. Um, like with the with the coaching span of Bruce Arians. Do you know what I mean? This this is when now. And I wonder if he says if the market's not as hot out there as they think. Maybe if I sit behind Tom Brady, like it, it, it would be. Good for him. I don't know. I just, I don't see it. And there's, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One, I don't think the Buccaneers will pay him uh, a lot of money. And two, you can't go from being the franchise quarterback with your face on the stadium um, to the guy who's going to be benched for two years um, and accept yeah. that. Um, barring it being the only employment opportunity he has, um, I would never say never, but I think that move is if Brady goes, I, I you I doubt very much unless Winston takes a ridiculous deal. I mean, five million, six million. Uh, that's that's where I fear that his market might end up being because nah, I just, someone someone uh, will give him ten million. You you look at now, someone like John Gruden might bring him in. John Gruden well likes Mar- him as well as Marcus Mariota. Yeah, then we could really have to shoot out and see who is better. That'd be really interesting. I'd love to see that, especially after all the draft talk the year they came out. I mean, they trade Derek think... Carr and then they, they have it out and it's a battle between Mariota and Winston to see wow. who gets the job. I don't know. That'd be interesting and horrifying all at the same time. <laughs> a real car crash. I think so. Um, I think that'd be fun. But I just, I just wonder how many places are left, especially when you got Cam out there. I really like the idea, like you said, of Cam being traded, uh, being traded to the Chargers. I actually think mm-hmm. Cam with a backup Tyra Taylor makes an awful lot of sense. Like there's a, I don't know, there's a good symmetry to them too as a starter backup. I really don't like it when the backup plays a completely different style to. The starter, I, I think it puts your team in a real difficult position if he was to go down. So I really like that idea. I say I just I'm struggling to think of where, when this, the dominoes sort of fall into place, who is going to be left with the sort of money that Jameis Winston is going to want and is going to be willing to pay it. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's fair. We will end this podcast on one final breaking bit of news, and that is. Um, Former Falcons pass rusher Vic Beasley will sign with the Titans. Okay, interesting business. Yeah, I imagine he's uh, he's had to take a bit less money than he 
thought he would get. Um, don't forget, he did lead the league in sacks in 2016. He, he, that seems like a great signing. I'm guessing the money is fairly, it's kind of a, not prove it, but more in that range rather than a, a big money signing. I imagine Mike Vrabel would do wonders for a guy like Vic Beasley. I imagine that's a good coach for 100%. him to be under. Yeah, I don't think you could ask for anyone better. Um, well, I think we've we've gone on a while um, <laughs> trying to stall to see if Tom Brady will sign. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get that news tonight. I think we're, we better wrap this one up and get this one in the can uh, and out to, to everyone. So um, we just uh, full disclosure: this is we're just wrapping up now, quarter to eight on uh, on Tuesday evening. Um, so we've given you every deal. Or we've missed a few. You can go onto the free agency tracker. Over at 5airrush.co.uk, we've got to put the, the new deals on since we've been talking uh, onto this list. We'll get that updated within the next hour or so, um, as long with any other additional deals. Um, you can listen to yesterday's podcast, although it has aged. There's still some really interesting takes <laughs> in there worth listening to. Um, and it? also to catch up on more deals, because we went through a lot of them yesterday. And um, we'll probably be back tomorrow. I can't imagine that we're not, Lee. Um but do find everything we're doing over on the Twitterverse uh, at 5 Um We've got some content hopefully going out this week as well, uh, along with other things. So check out Lee and everything he's doing at 5 Yard Lee. Um, he uh, is very busy working on making our website look uh, reputable uh, and smart. So <laughs> it's nice to get him out from behind the glass. Uh, Stocks is still around. He's uh, He's a really busy one with with work. Unfortunately, coronavirus hasn't ended his work. Unfortunately for him, because he's still getting uh, paid. Um, he is in an outdoor job, as most of you will know. So uh, he, unfortunately, with this really busy week, has uh, had to put work first. Uh, he should be back Thursday with Ash. I think that's the plan. Um, he might be back tomorrow. We'll, we'll wait and see. But um, until, I guess, tomorrow, maybe later, who knows what happens. We'll see. Uh, Rush Nation, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. And don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.